Take two here. Uh, this is Ian Trottier for Discussions of Truth. We just ended with Gerald Horn. Um, look, we've got likely one of the most trying times that this United States has ever really seen. Um, not speaking for those that lived during the Civil War. Not speaking for those that lived during the Great Depression not speaking for those that lived during any of the world wars, but speaking for someone who is and has lived for the past few decades, uh, I've personally seen nothing like this. You've got a pandemic, again, hitting uh, hitting the United States and the globe. But, uh, in the United States, there's complete um, a complete um, disagreement on how it's being managed, for instance. Um, COVID-19 needs a special vaccine. And so millions and billions of dollars being pumped into Pfizer and other pharmaceuticals to create a vaccine to help save the global population. Yet, you've got on the other side, including the current administration, saying hydroxychloroquine chloroquine will do the trick. And it's cheap and it's effective and it's been proven for 60 years. Yet, those types of messages are being banned from tech platforms like Facebook, Google, Twitter. Why should they be banned? Shouldn't the listener and viewer be able to make their own judgment on that type of thing? Okay, then inserting a black man that was killed by a white man, a white police officer in Minneapolis. Uh, could that have happened at a worse time? Probably not. You've got a complete lockdown, people unemployed, and a racial fire turns into uh, total mayhem. And now, three months later, just about, we've got cities in the country burning. From my angle, of course, I'm not African-American, but from my angle, I would step back and say, well, wouldn't it be a better option to say, we need change, let's go about it in a civilized manner to make change. I just, I simply don't agree, and I've had friends of all ethnicities and all religions, um, but I do not agree in any way with looting and rioting and the violent aspect of that causing change. But evidently, those people committing those acts feel that that is the necessary action to take. Um, 
So it just so happens that we've got we've got economic impact in the country, 50 million unemployed. You got a virus that people are fearful of. Um, I frankly am not. And if that's uh, that ends to be, if that happens to be uh, my uh, my downfall, then it happens to be my downfall. And you can mark my words. Uh, but I'm not. And then you've got a racial uprising, which unfortunately I see as unnecessary. But again, again, I don't represent a community that has been suppressed uh, in that manner. So I urge you to please listen to Dr. Horn. He's got degrees from Princeton, Columbia, and Cal Berkeley. Incredibly intelligent man. And I asked for an example of him being racially profiled. He gave one, and he gave one about being stopped by uh, police officers, assuming that they were white. He didn't. He didn't clarify that. Um, and he said that he had to be very cautious with his body language and his uh, and the tone of his voice. Okay, it worked for him, um, but I think to a degree, anybody has got to kind of consider that. Right when when they're when they're stopped by someone who has authority over them, or speaking to their boss or uh, that type of thing. But again, being an African American in certain neighborhoods subjects you to uh, being put in that situation more than others. Now, again, before we bring on uh, Sharika uh, Sharika Soul, for the first time in my life in Miami, I. Uh, was racially profiled. Now, not by not by the police department, so big difference, but by uh, a, a, a other ethnicity. And they weren't from the African-American community. I'm going to leave it at that. So, folks, it's time to unite. It's time to gather, come together. Keep the progression, the progression of this country going. Okay? And, and, and yes, part of that means making some of these changes systematically. So uh, for the second guest of the day, Sharika Soul will be joining us. Uh, we are going to phone her in right now. I just confirmed with her. Um, actually, she's connected now. Let's give her a minute, and we will uh, reach back out to her. Uh, her website, thedivestedblackdiary.com. And um, she she is a an African-American woman, um, and she's been invited onto the program to give her view of how she sees the country coming together to create 
racial equality. Now, something I something that stuck out on me with Professor Horn, with Gerald Horn, is that this is you know this isn't an American thing. This is, uh, if anything, it's more of a Spanish thing, and you're looking at it then being a religious thing. Uh, whereas he drew on the Muslims controlling Spain for 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 many centuries, um, and so this is you know this is this is a human thing that needs attention. But as Americans, yes, we can continue to set the standard, right? And we can continue to be that beacon for uh, for the world, right? So uh, let's 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 bring in Sharika one other time. Uh, let's try her again on Skype. This is Ian Trottier for Discussions of Truth. I'm here Wednesdays. 5 p.m. and typically starting an hour earlier now, so check me at 4.15 p.m. Sharika Sol. Okay, uh, Popper, a quick note. Um, let's, let's see. I, I just confirmed with her yesterday. So, uh, she should be, she should be standing by. We're getting into, uh, next week and next week we're going to tackle, um, a group of, uh, veterans that are, that are seeing discrimination on other levels in their community. So we're going to be doing that. And then, um, Giacomo Knox is an American actor, graduate of Seton Hall, um, former Marine stunt performer and television producer. He's going to talk about his current project um, and uh, really try to, uh, well, the project is a week with my father and he will, uh, he will try to uh, explain again, uh, you know, how, how from a black man, right, um, some of these values that has stood out for him to create a successful life for himself. Um, uh, AWWMF, A Week With My Father, was selected as one of 25 semifinalists on the 2011 New York Television Festival in the category A&E, Unscripted Development Pipeline. Uh, that earned Giacomo an opportunity to go to the New York City and pitch his television show live. So he'll be joining us uh, next week. We'll be proceeding in August with Murtaza Hussein. He's a reporter at The Intercept who focuses on national security and foreign policy. He's appeared on CNN, BBC, MSNBC, and other news outlets. Uh, also, uh, down the pipe, we've got uh, an unconfirmed, uh, unconfirmed as of yet, but uh, Eric Bowling uh, as, uh, is a possibility to be joining the program. So look for that as a possible development heading into um, next month. Um, and Paul Batura uh, will be joining the program uh, later on next month. Go to heavy.com. That is H-V-Y.com. 
uh, and there you will find an article uh, done on Discussions of Truth. That is me and the program that I host. I am Ian Trottier, uh, done by Jonathan Farrell. Uh, right now, that is a headline article on their homepage. Uh, on the Alexa rank, they are about 750 uh, thousand that is ranked uh, globally, so they get a pretty decent amount of traffic going going to their site. Uh, go to my website, that's iantrache.com. Uh, I've got shirts you can order, book coming out in October, trying day publishing, and uh, uh, and of course you can donate to the program. Self funded uh, have been since the get go. Um, so Sharika may have possibly confused the time. Uh, I bring my guest on the program at that quarter minute mark. That's, uh, typically, uh, 15 past the hour. And, uh, we were confirmed for yesterday, but it looks like, um, looks like she may have overbooked. Now I'm going to hold out a little bit longer because she may, uh, you know, she may, she may be, uh, she may be, uh, Caught up in something else. Again, Sharika Soul uh, is the curator of the divestedblackdiary.com. Uh, check it out. Again, it's basically the uh, the the diary of a, of, of African American woman and what type of. Um, what type of world she's living in? So see her viewpoint. What 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 is she, uh, you know, what is she going through? She's an American celebrity publicist, uh, social media personality, who's worked for various outlets in entertainment industry. She's former content curator curator at the Huffington Post, a uh, publication where she was also a contributor. Uh, she now runs her own public relations firm based in Los Angeles. So she is busy. She was raised in Ames, Iowa. She was born in Chicago. So we'll wait a few moments uh, for her and see if see if we can bring her on for 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 some comments uh, on the program. But let's get back into um, let's get back into uh, technocracy, okay? And um, if you haven't paid much credence to how technology is being thread into our daily lives. Of course, you're, tip, you're you're likely using a a phone with a touch screen interface that was made popular by uh, Apple. Um, you, you you're possibly even investing in digital currency or Bitcoin or Ethereum or one of these other um, crypto type currencies. Um, maybe you're investing in gold. Um, you know, what are, what are you looking at? But, but, but how does technology, I mean, for instance, right now, um, it's July 29th. We're almost into August of this year. We're, we're over halfway through this year. It's been an incredibly difficult year for everyone around, around the, around the globe. Um, but now the mints, right? The mints haven't been operating. So some of these stores like a Chick-fil-A, um, and I think there's a Chick-fil-A in Alabama. Maybe it was, uh, maybe there's another one in Georgia. I'm not sure what the article said, but they're actually offering free lunches. If you pay with quarters, they need coins, they need quarters. The mints aren't printing quarters and coins. 
Um, so they will actually give you a $10 bill in exchange for the coins, and they give you a free lunch. Um, this is literally happening at Chick-fil-A's in the South. Um, a couple of them, anyway, that I read. Uh, there are signs, typically, if you haven't encountered them, at most brick-and-mortar stores that are asking folks to pay with coins if they have coins. There are other stores that are willing to uh, give you some type of discount if you pay with coins or exchange coins for bills. Okay. Um, Catherine Austin Fitz, please look into her. She explains from her view exactly how technocracy, excuse me, technology, <laughs> um, is, 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 is really threading into uh, how we live our lives. What, what she's saying is that the dollar will likely collapse such a large unemployment rate. I mean, come on, you have 50 million unemployed. Um, that's, that's quite a bit. What's the population of the country? About 350. Okay. Um, so you got a mass unemployment rate, folks being evicted because they can't pay their rent. Another stimulus package on the way, but it's less than half of the first one. Um, does the federal government even have money? The, the federal government's in a 20, was it, $26 trillion debt? Who are they in debt to? Who do they owe that debt to? Do they owe that debt to the Federal Reserve? Well, does the Federal Reserve have any money? How much money does the Federal Reserve have? Because they never get it audited. audited and, um, and, and they don't have any gold. The U.S. Treasury doesn't have gold. The Federal Reserve doesn't have gold. Nixon abolished the gold standard in 1971. And now you've got the Bank of England, for instance, and even Congress talking about inserting a digital currency. So debt, 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 debt. Um, you know what? What a guy like Bill Gates doesn't like hearing, and that he, and that he's, you know, he's calling out as being theory, um, is the fact that Microsoft has a world patent. It's twenty twenty zero six zero six zero six. They have a global patent, right? Uh, and that patent is to run a cryptocurrency off of microchips. And the microchip is inserted into a human being. They also have ID 2020. Okay? These are facts. These are facts. These are not theories. These are facts. So, if you are to let's say you're in you're in a college class or a high school class or whatever and you, and you're you're going to write a paper and you're going to grab this and this and this and this and you're going to you're going to put sources down for all of them. What do you conceive? What do, what do you argue, basically, that could be happening here? We, we've, already talked, we, we've already talked about the mints not printing coins. We've already talked about the dollar potentially. And we thread in Catherine Austin Fitz. So who's Catherine Austin Fitz? Well, she's a former D.C. advisor to the White House. She also happens to be a graduate of Wharton, that's Penn, uh, and a graduate of Yale. So, uh, again... She's achieved some marks, high marks academically. And she's basically projecting that the dollar crashes. And that what happens is that not only do the various countries around the world convert to a digital format for their currencies so that eventually paper and coins are obsolete, but that she also inserts 
the microchipping view. And she says, well, this is fact. Microsoft was awarded a patent in February 2020 that gives them control of a digital currency that runs off of microchips. And those microchips could be in a watch you wear. That microchip could be inserted in a vaccine. That gets inserted in your DNA. That's the argument. You've already had Bill Gates saying, hey, I want 7 billion vaccines. Likely people will need to be vaccinated multiple times. And... He says the world won't be returning to normal until everyone's vaccinated. Meanwhile, you've already got children and women and others in Africa, parts of Africa, that are actually being vaccinated with these debt type microchips inserted. This is from what I'm, what I'm reading. Okay, this is from what I'm understanding. So let's let's just say, okay. Let's pull back and say, if you write something digitally, so you write it down on Facebook, okay, it's a platform available to the masses. As long as you've got an internet connection and you've got some type of tablet or phone that you can connect to, you can have access to, to Facebook. Typically, you got to have a, a, an email account, right? But, but, but that's, that's um, hot in here. Um, that's that's the thing, right? So you can you can create a Facebook account. You can write whatever you want. You can write a book and you can publish it to Facebook if you want. Okay, it's not it's not a paper book that a publisher would in, in, in invest in, uh, but you can write whatever you want to write in Facebook. So now what we've got here now today in 2020 is those messages are being censored. How do you personally feel about that? If they're censoring what you're writing the tech companies, then what's the next step? Who controls the tech companies? Well, the folks that control the tech companies are the early investors, i.e. Sequoia Capital for Google, Charles Schwab for Google. Okay, there's other there's other investors. There's other, okay, and those are the people that essentially make up the, the, the boards, the, the chairs, and they make the decisions. Um, Sergey Brin, Larry Page, right? They've got their they get their own fortunes, uh, but you know how much of the day to day do they do they still run? So uh, let's say the banks are basically controlling what's the laws on Google. Okay, we can kind of let's just let's just say that that's you know that's a theory. I don't I don't know that for a fact, but let's just theorize that. Um, because, because I have the freedom to do so, right? And so do you. Uh, so if that's the case, then why should it matter for them what you write? What difference does it make to them? What difference does it make to them? What difference does it make if a Nigerian doctor based in Texas is saying hydroxychloroquine is a safe and productive drug to combat COVID-19? In fact... It's curing people of their ailments. In fact, of 350 patients that Emmanuel, Dr. Emanuel's treated, it's treated them all effectively, and they're all still alive. So why does her testimony, why does her experience 
get banned, get taken down from Twitter, from Google? Why does it get attacked? Um, let's just hear this one piece now. Um, Sharika may be ready and we'll bring her in in a moment, but let's just hear uh, Jim Jordan and what, he's, what he said today in regards to uh, the tech companies and uh, their censorship. I'll just cut to the chase. Big tech's out to get conservatives. That's not a suspicion. That's not a hunch. That's a fact. July 20th, 2020, Google removes the homepages of Breitbart and the Daily Caller. Just last night, we learned Google has censored Breitbart so much traffic has declined 99%. June 16th, 2020, Google threatens to demonetize and ban the Federalists. April 19th, 2020, Google and YouTube announce a policy censoring the content that conflicts with recommendations of the World Health Organization. Now think about that. The World Health Organization, the organization that lied to us, the organization that shielded for China. And if you contradict something they say, they can say whatever they want. They can lie for China. They can shield for China. You say something against them, you get censored. June 29, 2020, Amazon bans President Trump's account on Twitch after he raises concerns about defunding the police. June 4th, 2020, Amazon bans a book critical of the coronavirus lockdowns written by a conservative commentator. May 27, 2020, Amazon Smile won't let you give to the family research kit. We'll pick that up in a later moment. Here's Sharika. Sharika, Sol, it's Ian Trottier. Welcome to Discussions of Truth. Hi, how are you? Fantastic. Glad to connect with you. I uh, realize you are likely a very busy person. Uh, where are you now? Are you in uh, L.A.? I live near Palm Springs, <laughs> California. Oh, fantastic. Uh, what part of Palm Springs do you live in? Oh, can we not discuss where I live? Because, you know, <laughs> stocks sure. are, like, absolutely a thing. <laughs> so. Yeah, totally. Uh, Palm Springs, uh, in Indigo, and the Coachella Valley is a great place. I actually uh, personally uh, lived there for a while myself. Um, but uh, but nonetheless, you're living in Southern California. <laughs> thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for correcting me. Um, so, Sharika, tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about... Um, about your background, what you've done. You're a celebrity publicist. Uh, you've written for the Huffington Post. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I guess you could say I started off as a typical Hollywood liberal, <laughs> whatever you want to say. Um, I mean, I've always, like, been in the entertainment industry. I mean, I've, I've always been interested in um, music and theater. You know, I was in a band um, I, I started a band in around 2010, 2009. Nice. And um, we ended up actually doing so well that we were um, we were signed by a company in Tennessee. We, you know, we went out there. Um, you know, obviously the band fell apart. I went quote unquote solo. Okay. <laughs> you know, people like go on their solo career <laughs> but obviously like it didn't work out so but yeah like um <laughs> I'm like a singer turned publicist you know I don't want to go into a bunch of t details about the catalyst of like why that transpired but that's basically you know career-wise where I started out you know I was a singer I was a lead singer in a band you know I went to America's Got Talent 
I had a big dream, you know, and then that all did not work out. I did not turn into Beyonce. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, I became a publicist, you know, which is honestly, it's about service. You know, people want to say Hollywood is so shallow, but I love what I do. It's about being there and watching someone get what they want. You know, people dreaming about being on a red carpet or the dreaming about um, just being interviewed, you know, be maybe on a radio and I can help them achieve that goal. So I love the service thing, not to sound all like Oprah-y or Jesus-y or whatever, <laughs> but I, I do. Like, I love my job because I like helping people and I feel like there's no greater thing than helping someone's dreams, you know? So that's yeah. basically like what I'm about and what I've, you know, I started as a singer and I, I turned into a publicist and you know, because of that skill set over, you know, what I learned being a publicist, I was able to turn that into what you see today on social media. And well, that's I awesome. Decided to, thank you. And I, I decided to use my quote unquote skill set for help, you know, I, you know, not to be like, oh, I'm so good because I have flaws. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I'm using what I know to try to get the word out, you know, about things that I care about. Yeah. Um, having conversations and so here we are <laughs> yeah wonderful and 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 thanks for uh in uh, accepting accepting the invite and you seem like a really nice person and and i was glad to uh glad to connect with you so um tell uh tell listeners a little bit about uh, uh the divested black diary that's you curate that website yes i created the hashtag <laughs> okay <laughs> I don't, I'm laughing because it's like, okay, you know, I love when two worlds come together, you know, like when we talk about like black people's love of chicken and white people are like, <laughs> I love chicken too. Like yeah. we're coming together, like it's community. <laughs> so I'm excited. Okay. So the black, the divested black diary is basically about divestment for black women. And it doesn't necessarily only about women, but right now it's pretty heavily like a woman hashtag. Like the hashtag is hashtag BW divest. So it stands for black woman divest. Some of the women use uh, burn the cape. That's also a hashtag that you'll find divest women. I'm not the first divested woman to like create a platform, but I'm, I'm one of the, I'm probably the only one that has a blue dot on social media. So I created it because there's a lot of black women in the community who do want to talk about black and black crime, but there's this narrative in media that kind of paints us as these people that are masculine race soldiers for criminals, you know, black criminals, if you will. And, you know, there are a lot of black women are tired of that we don't care about Tyrone. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I'm not here to beg a a man to pay, you know, to to buy baby formula. I'm not here to do that. You know, there's 70% single motherhood in African-American community. And people want to focus on mothership. It takes a man also to create a child, but they only want to talk about motherhood. I'm sorry, but the man is also a single father. He's just who knows what he's doing, but he's a single father, you know? So there's also single fatherhood in the black community. And I think the women are tired. We're tired of taking the brunt of, now I'm not saying black women are perfect, but here we are with (laughs) what the meaning of divesting is. It means that we are divesting from the stereotypical black life. 
You know, I'm not afraid to tell you that Black men are killing and raping us. I'm not afraid to talk to you about how, you know, 60% of Black women are sexually abused um, before they turn wow. 18. And, and, you know, who's doing that? Let's be real. Okay. It's not white supremacy coming to the black neighborhood. Okay. Yeah. And, and doing that to, to young girls and young boys, it's, it's black people. So divestment is about removing myself as a black person, a black woman from the black label. I do not want to identify as media black. I identify as a woman, as an individual, wow. as a person. And, you know, people don't understand that, you know, the, my image has is being controlled by, and I'm not saying white people, I'm talking about black men. You know, you have people like T.I. Yeah. And you have people like uh, rappers who, like right now, there's a black rapper who's very big on Instagram, millions and millions of followers. He 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 did songs with um, Lil Wayne, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is, this is what I'm talking about, divesting. He's trying to start a whole thing to free Bill Cosby. And his his power is so big and his 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 platform is so big. Of course, there's people that agree with him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of sickness is that in the black community that a black man who's over 40, by the way, uses his power to do that instead of trying to help his community, like right. really help his community? I'm divesting from all that crap. You know, I'm still black, but I refuse to be the version of black that is controlled by black supremacy. And black supremacy is directly from people like Snoop Dogg, uh, you know, rappers like uh, T.I. They're stupid. You know, we always have to have a rapper on stage when we're having an intelligent conversation in the black community. Why? You know, the rap is so derogatory towards women. It's not it's unintelligent for us to feel like this is the best that we could do. So I'm divesting from all of that. And there's a lots of black women um, and even black gay people, uh, like male gay, because let's be honest, black men are very aggressive towards black trans and black gays. They need to divest from black men too. You know, it's not like hip hop culture is very nice to them either. So I'm just, you know, we're just done with it, you know? Wow. Um, and that's basically what divestment is. It means something different to everybody. You know, some women feel like it's about dating out. You know, I'm not going to only, you know, yeah. uh, so, you know, save my womb because that's another thing. We create black. Black women are the only people who can play black people. Right. <laughs> so it's about taking our wounds back. You know what I mean? It's about taking control. We don't want to keep birthing out Tyrones, people that beat us up. You know, we don't want to keep doing that. So that's basically what it's all about. It's it's a, It's black people you know, deciding that we're not going to be stereotypical black. We're not stereotypical black and we will fight, you know, we will fight our own race at this point to take back control of our image. Who are, who are some of the, the, the people that, that are gravitating to uh, your movement? It's a lot of young black girls, like girls between like 17, 16 to like 22, a lot of, and it's, it's mostly dark skinned women, dark skinned girls. Okay. Um, and what, what are some of the successes that you're, that, that you're finding? I mean, this is such a noble uh, endeavor that you're, that you're undertaking and so important. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, and, and it's, it, 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 you know, it's, it's wonderful. Um, so what are, you know, what are some of the successes you can, you can share with listeners? Well, I mean, divest my, I've been divested my whole life. You know, I was, I was adopted when I was four by a white wow. woman. 
So I was never raised in black culture. I was never, I didn't have a mom in my house that was talking about the white man is bad. So I never ingested that as a child. And I think that's the difference between, you know, what you see today yeah. and, and yeah. black versus African-Americans who kind of figure it out. And so I, I just never had that. I never, I, 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 you can't think white people are bad if you don't grow up listening <laughs> to someone talk about them like that. So I've always been divested, you know, and that's, I know that's why I am where I am. And I know that's why I've, I've had the opportunities that I had because I'm not afraid. And I do not view the white man as evil. You know, black, there's a lot of, there's a, you know, so that's the success that I see. It's just that my life is an example of what being divested can do for an African-American. You know, uh, if, if I would have told myself that I only, I can only trust black people, you know, and and that's the only way to go. Yeah. I would have cut off so many doors for myself, you hey. know? Um, yeah. So that, that's kind of, I guess, what, how we would measure success is that, you know, I'm, I'm willing to, uh, what is it, integrate myself? <laughs> I'm not segregating. You know, there's a lot of self-segregation for people who are Black and in the hip-hop community. I mean, they won't even do an interview outside of their race. And it's wow. just like, yeah, you know. Wow. Like, there are Black people, <laughs> Black celebrities who won't interview with non-Black publications. Sometimes they're non, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So, yeah, I've, I've been divested on my life because I, I wasn't, my programming is different. You know, like, like a mother tells their child their name one time, they're not going to figure out. But somebody tells your ch- your name, you know, I figured out my name was Sharika. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't have that programming. So I, I know I've been divested my whole life. And so this is just a process for women waking up, men waking up that, you know, they, how they're living their life, securing their womb for only a black man when, excuse me, <laughs> you know, yeah. There's not, there's, there's a lot of races out there. <laughs> we can't just, you know, hold out for Tyrone and then we end up single mothers. You know, it's better for us to uh, open ourselves up to plethora of races, if you will. And, and, and I'm not pushing race mixing. I, I'm just pushing people <laughs> opening up their options in life and not being, you know, typical ghetto black person. Right. And I think I, I know that. And I think you're bringing up, you know, bring obviously bringing up a, a really good point because you you can look at a person regardless of uh, the colors that are on their body or skin or hair or eyes or whatever, and you can look at that person, and then you can all you, you can e- e- immediately make a judgment. But then speaking and looking at the person's intellect is totally different. And so the, what I'm talking about is that. You know, you're saying, hey, there's racism on both sides of the fence here regarding black and white. And say, I want to kind of thread in the BLM movement and see, you know, see what what your views, what your view is on that with that with the Black Lives Matter movement. But, um, you know, I mean, it's kind of like you don't judge a book by its cover uh, because uh, just just looking at a person doesn't mean that your perception of who that person might be is is accurate. Right. And of course, I think the average person false to making that mistake yeah so well, sure go ahead no. <laughs> they're them and not me <laughs> what <laughs> they are them and i am me <laughs> you know i mean it is difficult you know i don't expect divestment to be something that's easy you know there's people that are growing up in a home with a very you know ebonic speaking black mom it's hard to divest from that when it's your own family yeah. i 
easily divested because I was adopted. You know, I, I've never wanted to be a part of the ghetto, like ever. So it was very easy for me to be like, yeah, no thanks. I'm going to be over here. <laughs> like watching, you know, Golden Girls and, and being... Golden Girls. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to do. So Sharika, let me let me let me let me bring this let me thread this into the into the discussion here. So you've got right you've got on many levels you've got Barack Obama who's brilliant uh is a he's a he's very diplomatic, he's a gentleman uh from all outward appearance. Of course I've never met him. I'm just going off of what what I've seen. Um but then let's look at so for instance prior to you I had on Gerald Horn and Gerald teaches at the University of uh Houston. Uh, he's got degrees from Princeton, Columbia, and Cal Berkeley, and you know he, he we we talked about uh, the police injustice, and he personally has has felt it. Uh, that, that's just that's that's him, um, you know, and that's that's his experience. But then let's look at, of course, we've got you know now we've got like the, a total opposite of what Barack Obama was, um, but you know <laughs> with Donald Trump, but but so you know. But let's go back to Barack Obama because that was that was a milestone, and um, yeah. and and in the future, I would think that you know other ethnicities will occupy that office, whether it's Hispanic or other African American or even Asian, you know what it may may be. But that's kind of the beauty, I think, of the United States. But for you, um, in the in a similar context, whereas um, you it sounds like you you know. Uh, adopted by a, a white woman, and so mm-hmm. so Barack Obama, of course, um, being birthed by a white woman. So he's you know <laughs> he, genetically he's made up of, of the two races. Does did he did did you I are you able to identify with with Barack Obama as being um, you know let's let's say your ancestry your your I'm biologic what's that. He's biracial. Okay, interesting. Like, okay, that's yeah. the thing about the divestment movement as well is young, dark-skinned girls are tired of being told that a girl who is 30% Black is the face of the Black community. They're not Black. We're Black. Wow. You know? It's not Love to it. say that we don't respect you know, mixed-race people, but it's basically erasing the actual Black woman. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You keep, they keep putting this girl on there who who has all this white DNA inside of her, and there's nothing wrong with that. She's right. beautiful, beautiful women. But the reality is they're not Black. Obama is not Black. He's not the first Black president. He's mixed, you know? Wow. And, and, to, and, and the reason why and we need to divest from that is because that is why Sean King has been able to do what he has done because we called Obama black. So a man showed up and said he was black too, okay? And we accepted that because we kept saying that Obama was black and we accept any man that shows up now and says he's half black or he has a little bit of black in him. He got 1% black in him. And they're black. No, that's that's. It just seems crazy that we as people have decided that you, if you have a drop of black in you, you are black. They're not black, sir. I'm black. <laughs> love it. I'm, I love it. And I love mixed people. I don't have no problem with them. But I just feel yeah. like, like I say, it's very hard for young dark skinned girls, you know, um, to look at the TV and see the face of the black community look be somebody that doesn't even really look like them. You know, we will never look like that. I would never, I would never look like Zendaya. You know, I would never look like Mariah Carey. We don't, black people don't yeah. look like that. Mixed people do. Right, right. No, and, and, and so the same same kind of thing goes with, 
um, with Tiger Woods, right? Because isn't isn't he half Filipino? Yeah, they're always trying to force these. But he's black, on us. right? <laughs> right, he's mixed. Right. And there's nothing, you know, I know it's going to be a, a time. It's going to take a long time for people to kind of get that. But I do feel like media is listening because they're starting to label some of these celebrities mixed. You know, are they of okay? Black because they're not black. You know, I'm black. You know? Yeah. And uh, that's, you know, and so I, I don't have any problem with them. God bless them. But as I say, it is it, it what about us that are black? <laughs> you know, when they right. when they have a casting for a black girl and they and they, they cast a mixed person, that's crazy. <laughs> cast a black person, you know, like you know, if you want to have a movie that's about a mixed person, great, we'll watch that too. But it there there's just they need to stop, you know, it's 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 mentally unhealthy for young dark skinned women. Like when I was thirteen, I used to hate my color so much. I used really? bleach on my leg. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like the the way society has, and I'm I'm not I'm saying that you know obviously everybody goes through something, so this isn't a sob yeah. story. Yeah. Just being honest, that like <laughs> being very dark skinned and being like in school is really hard because the world you know, when you're a child acts like the darker you are, the scarier you are, Interesting. you know, and there's nothing I could do as a child to take it off. Right. But I knew that it bothered some people, you know, and, and I just feel like if we can have better representation and, and, wa- and watch our words when we're talking about actual black, it does matter. It's not right for me to think that being yeah. black is Mariah Carey is when I could never be that. I would never look like her. She's like but Hispanic, she's right? This woman. No, she's mixed. She's biracial. Oh, she has a white parent, you mean? or mm-hmm. And a black dad. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Mar- Mariah Carey is mixed. I would never look like Exactly. You thought she was Hispanic. Yeah. Rachels <laughs> are ambiguous. They look like they could be Hispanic. They look like they could be Middle Eastern. Like they look like they could be Mexican. That's the whole. You know what I mean? It's very ambiguous yeah. look. I can never look. I can never pass for another race. I'm just black. <laughs> you know? so I'm just, I want people to just like, you know, give yeah. us a break. <laughs> you know, and so I'm divesting from that too. I'm never going to call Obama black ever. You know, I'm yeah. very disturbed by. Sean King's rise. I don't, I, you know, I, I'm sorry if you, if you're a fan of him, but I, I'm very disturbed by him. I, I don't know who he is. Sean King? Yeah, I don't know who he is. He's it, like one of the most famous activists in the world, literally. He's got like millions of followers all over social media. His, his name is spelled S-H-A-U-N and his last name is King. Okay. K-I-N-G. He's always going, he's the one that's always, he's like the leader of Black Lives Matter actually really not okay i mean he's one of the main ones i mean he's raised over 30 million dollars for the families oh wow uh, wow yeah so he's like really really big but he's not black they keep calling this man black this man is clearly white really with a buzz yeah yeah google him okay look at his face yeah Um, oh wait i'm you have to look at him and then we can have this conversation look at yeah, you said S H A U. Oh, right. Okay. Sean King. Uh-huh. Well, he looks definitely mixed to me. Um, but yeah. you're right. It's he's going yeah. into that. He's oh, and he's from Brooklyn, right? So he's even more black because he's from Brooklyn. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, but he's white. This, that's a full-blown white man. He just colors his hair black and then wears, puts glasses on. It's because he's wearing a goatee that he people think Interesting. If he were to shave that off, he looks like a white man. He's a white man. I don't care what anybody said. My son is gay. Wow. Wow. No, I mean, you know, like, so, so that was, Sharika, that was kind of one of my things was like, you know, as, as brilliant and as wonderful as Obama was as a person, um, you know, I'm not, not talking about the policies that he made, but he seems like a very decent, delightful person. I thought, wait, this, he doesn't, to me, he didn't really represent the African community and certainly didn't represent the, you know, the history of slavery because, he, you know, so to me, it didn't resonate. And, and I'm like, you know, and all these people arguing that he's, you know, he's, he's, he's you know, he's this great thing because he's black. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, black. it didn't really. But uh, well, so I'm glad you, yeah. Set, you know, like that's, that's what I'm talking about. The, you know, I just want to divest. Like the bar is set so low for black people. They're always talking about some, the first black, the first, really? The first black in 2020? That means we're lazy. Okay. Like at this point, come on. Like, there's millions of us. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, like, the bar being set low once again. Like, yeah. like I say, like, like when they need T.I. <laughs> to, like, talk about intelligent things in the African-American community, he's an idiot, okay? There's no way that his IQ is high. And I don't mean to be disrespectful on the radio. I'm just saying. <laughs> like, they, 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 they can bring a black doctor in or a black therapist or, or somebody with actual, that actually graduated from high school when, when we <laughs> talk about issues in the, <laughs> in the black community. But I'm being serious. Look how yeah, they're running our stuff. They're running it into the ground. A very yeah. famous uh, rapper named Megan The Stallion, you know, she, she's very, very, she blew up overnight. She basically turned into Beyonce in the black community overnight. She was just shot by a very famous black guy who, oh. who everybody knows because they sang his song. His song has been on, um, you know, pop charts. It's, okay. But I don't know his name right now. It's like Tori Lanez or something like that. Anyway, all of the black community is saying, oh, well, she probably deserved to get shot. This is what's happening, and that's what that's what it is. It's so low IQ, so low bred. Who wants to be a part of that? I don't want to be a part of the black community. They're stupid at this point. God bless us all, but that's stupid. You know, our rappers are not the best we got for panels and stuff like that. Right. We 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 keep creating uh children and not holding men accountable we only hold right. the woman accountable becoming single parent we keep slaughtering each other in all of our inner cities and then looking at the white man like it was the white man holding the gun hmm. i'm stupid low iq over it and I, i'm done kissing butt you know they could just read my tweets and say that i built a whole entire website to like really let them know this one over here I'm not your race soldier. I'm not your masculine race soldier. I'm not your your cheerleader. I'm not your I'm not your therapist. I'm not your you know omisher or whatever. Like I I'm just an individual and I happen to be black. And I'm tired of what these people do affecting how other people treat me. So I'm calling them out, you know, so people know the difference. They know the difference. So, so I th- my understanding is it's with like three and again. They're identifying themselves as being black. One of them, I think, doesn't look that black to me. But the 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 Black Lives Matter matters movement. Um, you know, are these 
are these that kind of soldieristic type, um, feminine, racist? Um, again, I'm using the word race. Into these masculine things, like as if we, as if I don't sit in my house with pearls on, you know, being cute stuff. Like, there's nothing masculine about me. You know, obviously I have a strong voice and I have a strong stance, but I'm a girly girl. You know what I mean? I don't go stand yeah. in the street and get shot with rubber bullets. I would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean but no and 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 sharika i mean i i i've never said this on the program but uh but i say it frequently in my day-to-day one of the, one of the most gorgeous women that i've ever seen in my life it was like jaw-dropping was was a was a was a black like a dark-skinned black woman in dallas okay, texas <laughs> no i mean i it literally my jaw dropped I, she was just so beautiful um, and, um, you know, it, it's, so it's like, it's, yeah. Okay. So let's black men, black men want you to think that we're not beautiful, that we're masculine and that we want to go stand in the street for them. We want to go stand in the street and fight for criminals. Yeah. George Floyd was a criminal. Okay. Oh, I'm not saying he got what he deserved, but he yeah. was a criminal. Okay. You want to keep committing crime? Guess what? A cop's going to show up. So I'm not saying he got what he deserved, but we don't, uh-uh. Ain't nobody. No, 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 no. Yeah. What is this? What is this that we're doing for George Floyd? There's plenty of black men who don't have phases of robbing and uh, holding guns to pregnant women's bellies. A lot of men don't go through that phase. I'm tired of this whole, like, well, you know, yeah. you made some bad choices in the past, but black lives matter. No, there's plenty of black men that don't do that, and we don't have parades for them when they die. This is crazy. The most unintelligent thing that we've ever done as a people is this George Floyd thing. It's, we're literally showing everybody the like how unintelligent we are as people. This there makes no sense for us to even care about that man. I don't care how it sounds. It makes no sense for us to care. He hurt women. And I'm tired of black men and, and, and black community being allowed to thrive, even though they're they're abusers. They're abusers. What do we need an abusive man for? No, like you, that good black children? Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm just like, ugh. I can't stand Black Lives Matter. I haven't liked Black Lives Matter. In 2017, I went viral for calling them out. Ever since then, I've had nothing to do with them. My, my, my opinion of them has not changed. And I do find it to be the most unintelligent thing. And it's embarrassing that we as Black people are standing up and going crazy over George Floyd. He's a criminal. And 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 if you want to, I'm not saying like... Wow. Yeah. You know, whatever. But that to me, that's what he was. And and there, and, and I never had a phase of abusing people. You know what I mean? Right. So right. I don't know why we have to allow the black man. You know, the, the bar is set so low. <laughs> the best we could do was the man that held a gun against a pregnant woman's stomach. That's the best we got. I'm tired of it. It's not the best we got. Yeah. Do you think that there's it seems that. Uh, per his nonprofit website, one of his nonprofit websites, uh, George Soros is 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 he perhaps feeding this mu- uh, this media frenzy um, uh, regarding this? I, mean, uh, I don't really care about George Soros because at the end of the day, I have a brain and I have my own mind, and I think it's time that the black community stop having excuses thrown at them. Like we don't need any more excuses. Wow, you know George Soros is just another excuse for black people to be stupid and dumb and ignorant. Wow, and be out here protesting. 
No, yeah. we have our own brains and we can decide that it's not right to go outside, okay? It's not right to bring our children to a protest. It's not right to abuse your family. It's not right to rob and loot. It's not right. We don't have to keep blaming the white man for why the black people are acting crazy. They act crazy because that, that's how they want to act, you know? Like yeah. that, that's, that's how they as an individual person is choosing to be. Well, incredibly well said. Very, very well said, Sharika. Um, what do you What do you think then about? Um, let's just Let's just go non racial here, and let's just get your opinion on um, what's happening regarding this COVID nineteen virus and 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 the um, either the handling of it or the mishandling of it. What's What's your view on on how to move forward with this? I mean, let's look at the. Uh, it was actually a. Uh, uh, an African-American doctor from Nigeria, right? And, uh, uh, yeah, Dr. Emmanuel. I'm not sure if you saw that video. And, and she gets removed uh, from, like, how do you feel about that? She was, you know, censored in that sense. Yeah, that was crazy, you know, but she'll be back. We never give up. Black women are strong. Good. Women are strong of all races. You know, yeah. But, um, how I feel about the COVID, I think the virus is real, obviously, like a flu or whatever. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm in California, so it's like Governor Newsom has pretty much just, like, turned the state into a free-for-all. I mean, they've almost made it so you can't, like, I don't know what the electricity company is doing. I'm sure they get huge grants, and he's very, whoever owns it is very, very rich and not really worried. But, yeah, like, um, they made it so the companies can't cut off anybody's, like, electricity or anything. Wow. And even if a person doesn't pay, uh, by law now in the state of California, the company has to give that person six days before they can make any disconnections anymore. Like, wow. That's so when that happened, I mean, obviously, I was happy. Like, woo! You know, <laughs> give me a little break. My electricity <laughs> bill is very high. Um, you know, but... um. You know, so I think that to me added the element of what was already going on here through Prop 45, Prop 47, which is, you know, the law that says if you have less than $950 worth of hardcore drugs on you, the police can't arrest you anymore. Like you have, it has to be 900 some dollars worth. So you can walk around with $300 worth of crack. The police will pull you over and they won't. Wow. Like, there's nothing you can do anymore. They're just like, they can take it and send you on your way. There's no more drug court. So, there's no place to like arrest somebody and, you know what I mean, and take them and have the judge sentence them to rehab. They, they abolished all that stuff in 2014. So, I feel like it's just another add on to what was already going on. You know, it's a complete martial law at this point. Interesting you, know, you say that. Yeah. Whatever the word is for just a state that's basically being run by criminals. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing they can do if you don't pay your bills anymore, basically. These companies now have to wait 60 days. <laughs> you could go, like, a long time. You can, like, send the company, like, $30 because you have 60 days to pay it in full. So if you send them $30, then they still can't cut you off in 60 days. Like, it's all crazy now. Basically, they made it so nobody can, you know, lose their electricity or whatever, which is good. But like I say, I feel like for California, it's the beginning of the end. Like, this state is just so big, and there's so many criminals 
and there's just so much poverty and, and, and scamming stuff and, you know, stuff like that, that when you add an element of people who don't have to pay their bills. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's going to go down. What what do you, so what's the outlook? What, when you say go down, what, what, what's going to happen to that state? Well, the people that own my house own 26 properties and um, they they have real estate and then they're also like an energy company. And the lady was telling me that their whole operation has been shut down. Like there's no moving in, there's no moving out, you know, because obviously you have to clean the apartments or clean yeah. the houses. So getting those crews is harder. So everything's shut down. The real estate and uh, industry really in California is like done because I mean who's cleaning you know who are they hiring to come and clean the places you yeah. usually have a crew and now that you can't have 10 people and all this stuff is going on and everybody's so slow to move around and yeah it's it's pretty much so that's that's a big effect a company that owns 26 properties isn't, isn't ha- you know hasn't been able to move in any new people and are they are these properties paid for? Are they making mortgage? Are they missing their mortgage payments? So are the banks going to reclaim? Mm-hmm. Have you had that discussion? Well, they made a lot too. You know that uh, rent has been halted until September twentieth. Oh, I didn't know so that. Wow. The mortgage, yeah, the banks can't they can't do anything if you don't pay your mortgage, um, because Governor Newsom wrote that thing that you know everything's on halt till September September twentieth, twenty twenty. So there's nothing anybody can do. Like right now, if I was like, I'm not paying my rent. <laughs> yeah. So the same with the people who have mortgages. Yeah, the law, he wrote the law in, in March, the new law to help people. And then he revised it in May. And do you think he's doing a good job handling the state? I mean, the state's just too big. I don't think anybody can handle the state. How, how can you really control 40 million people? You know, right. some of these people don't even know he exists. <laughs> You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, some of you don't even realize he's the governor. So it's like, he's not handling anything. He's just talking into a TV every day and and sending the money where he's supposed to send it. You know, probably doing what he he thinks he's doing his best as, you know, the the paperwork part. But what is he he really doing? You know what I mean? Nobody in Compton cares about what he wants us to do. You know, the people are going to wear masks or they're not going to wear a mask. And they're obviously going to commit crime if they want. So I don't know about how I would rate his job. I just think the state is just too big, you know? Too many people, right. Yeah. And and how do you feel about uh, Donald Trump? How do you think think he's doing? Oh, man. Um, I like I like Donald Trump's base, you know? I know that sounds like I don't like him, but I love his base. You know, they're so open and welcoming to me. And, you know, they're just some of them are just really happy people who really just want better for the world. How I feel about Donald Trump, I, I feel like I, I don't know what he's really doing as far right. as like. I just feel like the 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 stress has gotten to him and now it's just a ball of his stress because his his you his his Twitter is just complaints, you know? It's nonstop complaints. And and that's fine. I'm sure he's very agitated from, you know, the verbal abuse that he gets. But, you know, we're talking about a hundred days here, you know, 
90 yeah. days to go. Yeah. And you want people, you know, one of the main things is people think you're a racist. You know, I don't think that his administration has done a very good job of, of showing black support. You don't get to yeah. invite black people to the White House, shove them in there, uh, you know, once every, you know, 60 days and call it black support. There's so many of us who are right wing and who make amazing statements and we totally go ignored. You right. Know? And, 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 and I don't know who runs his Twitter or if he controls it all the time, but I don't like his administration. I, I, I like him. But I do feel like they have completely dropped the ball when it comes to engaging the communities that they need. You know? Yeah. I, I don't think, I think that to just keep saying that you have black support, yeah, it sounds nice, but I, I he would really <laughs> have it if his administration did the work. And, and they have not. Did- you know, I, I don't like, I think that the administration is smug. I think that they're stuck up and I think that they're smug. And if you're trying to save the country, you can't care. You know, who cares? You know what I mean? If you're bringing an element of class, a classist um, into the White House, I don't like you. You know, how can you, how can you save people if you, if you, if you want to pick and choose who you think is worth saving? Get out of the White House. (laughs) I like Trump. Don't like his administration. And, and, and that's it. You know, I, I don't, I, I, I like the Trump that was on uh, Apprentice, you know, the Trump that did the the, the, yeah. the commercials. You know what I mean? I've always liked Trump, but I I think that his White House uh, is is smug. You know, I, we don't need that. We, we don't need that. <laughs> so, how do you? Yeah, that's how I feel. How do you feel about him letting the governors mandate masks or not? You know, that's the whole thing about what what I mean about like. You know, I love his base. They they're very tolerant. You know, but the thing is, is you know, he has his base. He's told that he's this way, but everything keeps happening that's liberal. <laughs> like I'm sorry, like he's you know he should send in the feds to these places where Black Lives Matter are doing it. Why does he care what liberals think? You're the president. We wow. are allowing people to turn the country down. Stop allowing them to burn the country down. Yeah. You know, if we're going to be new, be new and fresh. Do it new. Do it fresh. So, you know, I don't understand about letting people, letting the governors burn the thing down. If people, if they want to mandate masks, here's the thing. I don't care about that. People are people. Don't wear the mask if you don't want to. You're not going to really have trouble. <laughs> I mean, you can. But in reality, come on. There's stores that'll let you in there. You know, you can also order from Amazon. You don't even have to go into a store. You don't really have to live a mask life. I don't. I don't wear a mask. I mean, I do when I have to go to the grocery store, like big ones. But other than that, I don't, you know, I'm free. Yeah. They can mandate masks, but I'm 36 years old. I'm not going to wear a mask when I walk around. Walk around my neighborhood. <laughs> you don't agree with that. No, I don't. I, I don't agree with that. You know, they say it's killing black people anyway. So I, I just feel like, you know, you're going to wear a mask. You're not going to wear a mask. You can get hit by a car. You cannot get hit by sure. a car. You're eating a bag of chips. going to give you cancer in 20 years. Like, what are we doing? We're human <laughs> beings. You know, if people want to wear a mask, great. If these people say you need to wear a mask, I don't have a problem with that either. But me, my individual person, I do what I want when I wake up, you know? So I don't see myself 
caring about that stuff. And honestly, I just feel like a lot of these headlines, that's just what they are. They're just headlines. Could people literally at the end of the day do whatever they want? You know what? that. You know yeah. whatever they want. So um, what about what about the vaccine issue? W- would you get oh, vaccinated? No, for what? <laughs> 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 I feel fine if I did get sick you know um, that's something I would deal with but I'm not going to go vaccinate myself you know I'm too late for all that you know I'm, I'm not a baby I'm an adult now I don't know about a vaccine I, I sounds crazy plus I don't know why we keep talking to Bill Gates like he's a doctor he's not even a doctor why Right. I let him tell me to take some things <laughs> no you take it first Bill <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> then we'll find out how it's going. But no, I don't. I don't even pay attention to that stuff. All that stuff is like some weird, like you know how like conspiracies and like all these weird alien things. Like yeah. whenever I think about COVID now, it just feels like some weird alien conspiracy. And I just totally, I just honestly, I've just shut it all out. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if they're inflating the numbers. I don't care if they're not inflating the numbers. Like, I don't even know. Nobody knows what's going on. There's no way that Nancy Pelosi has a handle on this thing. None of those people know. I just, I'm so unimpressed. If anything, COVID exposed how kind of, like, fake everybody in Congress is. (laughs) Like, how not together it is. How they're willing to just say whatever to, like, please whoever at the time. But they know they don't know. There's no way that anybody could plan for a virus that kills people. Nobody can plan for that. And we're sitting in public blaming other people. How right. do you blame anybody for this virus? Right. There's literally nobody to blame. Even if somebody knew about it and took a long time to tell, it, that doesn't matter. No, we, we, we cannot. There's no way you can plan for a virus, you know, that doesn't have a vaccine. So I don't blame anybody for that, you know? Yeah. I just... I just feel like now it's just becoming this thing filled with conspiracies. And so I've shut it out. It's too much for my brain to. Yeah, too much for my yeah. brain. I don't know. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know. It stresses me out to think. I mean, I already had, there's already the things with the black thing, right? It's sure. just a lot to take on mentally to think about, oh, on top of that, there's this thing that's killing people and you know, the mask, and it's just a lot right now in the country, to be honest. So I just yeah. try to keep my brain kind of chill. Just enjoy that California sun. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, and, and the, and the, uh, and the Palm Springs, they have nice uh, mineral, mineral spring water in that area. Yes, it's a nice area, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Sharika, thanks for joining the program. Um, for listeners, um, give, of course, we've mentioned your website and you've got a Twitter handle. Um, tell listeners what, what they, they can expect from you uh, in, in, the next, uh, in the next year. Oh, um, you know, I plan to keep growing my brand. Um, the Divested Black Diary is actually the beginning of an org. You know, I want to be able to do what I repeat what I've done for my life. You know, like I say, um, I never cut myself off from engaging white people. You know, I never, I never decided, no, I don't, I shouldn't talk to this woman or I can't trust them. I always went, I always, you know, 
walked right through that door. So I want to be able to do for other girls what was done for me. There was a, a family that, you know, when, when I did fall on very, very hard times with my son, they were white and they picked me up. They gave me a hand up, not a handout. So wow. I want to be able to do that. You yeah. know, even if it's like a single mom, uh, help her get a car, you know, a $5,000 car, not some like yeah. super expensive. And so that she can, cause I feel like, a person having a car will change their whole life. And if you can drive away from the ghetto, <laughs> mm. you can change your life. You know what I'm saying? So I want to, that's my focus is to really, you know, get everything settled with my org that I need to get settled paperwork wise, you know, filing wise. And then, you know, obviously I'm going to have to ask for donations because I want to buy cars for yeah. single moms. And I, I want to buy them books because I know a lot of college people, they go to college and then they can't afford their books. And it's usually, it's a, and I know white people have issues too, but I'm just talking about black women, young yeah. black girls. Yeah. I want to be able to take, you know, help them with those little things so they can keep going through the doors and keep going through success because sometimes it's just this one thing that, that deters them. They didn't have $20 to put gas in their car to get to the interview that was going to help them change their life. And they don't have anybody that would have drove them there that day. So I want to help them, you know, so they don't have to go through those things if they're living in the ghetto and they can get away from there. They can drive away. You know, that's what I did. Oh, incredible. Incredible. Wonderfully said. Beautiful uh, mission that you have with your company. Hashtag BW Divest. Sharika Soul. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please reach out to her, give, uh, help her accomplish her mission. Sharika, thank you for joining the program and keep up the amazing work. All right. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. So there you have two hours. Of course, we went with uh, about an hour with Sharika, but you have... Gerald Horn, and uh, you know, look, I we've got such a complicated issue here, but um, there's you know, there's no there's no blame from Sharika's angle. Um, it's you know, it's all about hey, you know, if there if 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 there is a finger that needs to be pointed, she's going to point it at the black male. She's going to draw attention to the 70% of single black mothers out of that population. She's going to point the finger at the single black father doesn't want a father. So instead of, for instance, pointing the finger, because she spoke about it, at the cop that kneeled on uh, the guy that's high on meth, and was being arrested for using counterfeit bills, instead of pointing a finger at the cop because the guy died, whether we know the guy the, that he was murdered or not, don't know, but we do know there is racism. That's not... But there's racism on both sides. Even Sharika mentioned it, right? There's, both, there's racism on both sides. Um, African-American artists or celebrities being unwilling to take an interview with a, a white host of a program. Shri Sharika just said it. So 
it's a complex and complicated discussion. But what's incredibly important here, I think, is Sharika being adopted by a white woman, yet, of course, genetically identifying with an African-American, what would you call, what would you call a black ancestry, a black person. She's black. Um, and she disagrees with that label being put on biracial people. For instance, Tiger Woods. For instance, Barack Obama. As far as she's concerned, it seemed, anyway, from what she said, those people are not black. Where I carry is not black. These are biracial people. Um, so, is it therefore better, America, to identify yourself not by your genetic makeup, but identify yourself as being an American? Do American lives matter? And my answer to that is if you look globally, I would urge everyone to rally around that country that's still intact. Rally around that national anthem. Maybe some words need to be changed. Okay, well, rally around that flag that's brought the prosperity to your life. Maybe it's brought homelessness to your life. I don't know. But rally around the fact that you can speak your mind. You can't tweet it. Possibly. It might be censored. But you can go knock on the door of your city hall and you can speak it. You can't do that in Mexico. You can't without you can't do that in China. Okay, you can do that in America. So rally around the fact that you are an American. And whether you sit one side or the other politically, look into the Council on Foreign Relations. Look into the banking system that controls the government. Look at the pieces that are involved in that. Okay? Um, make a change. Be the best you can be. And, like I always close my programs, if you do nothing else with your day, then just be awesome. Okay? Try to be awesome for that next person. Sharika talked about being in service, serving others. Religious or not, spiritual or not, that's what it's all about. Help uplift those around you. Help make someone else's day better. Service. Be awesome. Discuss your truth. This is Ian Trottier. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. It's I-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R. Share this message with a loved one. Or someone you think you could try to love. Till next week, be awesome.